1954, sweeping across cinemas, a sensation, drama for, I got nothing. Hey everybody, we're talking about On the Waterfront, welcome to Fly Casual. Let's get ready to wrinkle! I tried using my my Star Wars Clone Wars voice there at the beginning. Yeah, I, I didn't really think it through. You did. Yeah, try. I kind of. You did try. Yeah. That's that's yeah. true. That's I a forgot true that went in. I forgot to. I didn't even call it in. I think I limped it in. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to. I forgot to point out though that this is the next installment. Yes. Of is it better than Star that's Wars? That's right. All right, we're gonna have to do it all over again. All right, in three, take two, two, one. Recording. Oh, screw it. Uh, Okay, I'm not going to cue the music if you don't cue the I can do it. One take. Don't do it. No, please don't. It's awful. (laughs) Uh, Why was everything so string heavy back then? You dared me to do it. I played Psycho. It's like they would just set up a bunch of stringed instruments and then give a kid a hacksaw and tell him to run around in circles and record it. And that was every drama. dramatic. Every drama in the 1950s. Dramatica. Save money that way. They're like, all right, here's a bunch of here's a bunch of strings. Let's just throw them down a pole and record it. <laughs> Yay! Soundtracks. Yay. The great Leonard Bernstein, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fly Casual. I'm Corey over there, hand on fist, phone freshly put down. Mr. Ooh. Michael J. Archibald. Hello. Hey, man, what's up? Uh, not down. much, man. I'm ready to do some recording. How about y'alls? Uh, yeah, now that you're clapping Boo. your hands gently and rubbing Boo. them together lazily, Boo. I'm all revved up. <laughs> we didn't have any hype music tonight. What can I say? Oh, we haven't done hype music in a long time. Well, it's because you guys don't like it when I do hype music anymore. I like hype music, who, Howie. I never Howie, said that. Who put as that, long as it's baby metal. Who put that nasty thought put in your that head? Evil, Mike, Mike don't did. put that evil on me. Mike did. I'm going to come across this table <laughs> you like, like a spider, spider monkey, monkey, Mike. <laughs> why is there a bunch of me, holes this. in this You know why there's a bunch cup. of holes in that cup. Was because, he sni- you were sniffing it, weren't you? No, I wasn't sniffing it. I want to sniff it now. It's not probably doesn't smell like anything. It's weeks old holds in a solo no. cup. No, I don't smell nothing. When you guys go for a long time and I have nothing to say, I play with light. I play with fire. That's oh, just no. the, that's you in your just, It's in all of your contracts. You make holes big enough for your wiener to fit. That's big what enough? I was going to say, and you just stuck it up in your mouth. B- big enough? No, 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 no. That would hurt a lot. That that would that would <laughs> shear. You don't want what that. It? What it? Just use yeah, a no, loop. it really would. Yeah, it's, right? it's, man, it's about that's dime some sharp size. Sharp edge plastic over there. About dime size there. That's no good. No good at all. Over there, master control, suffering from wiener hole envy, Mister Stephen J. Howie. Yeah. Yep. 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 You I, wish you had gone. some wiener holes. Over that's there. what he has. I do wish he I had just, some wiener holes. He just has the yep yep yeps. Uh, yep, yep. Actually. Man, everybody's so psyched. This is going to be a real killer coming <laughs> yep, back. Yep. Well, I'm not super thrilled about this particular podcast. Oh, oh, keep it in your pants until we get there. Jeez. Jeez, guys. You're the one who wow. brought the wiener, wiener holes. Technically, so. I'm not. That was actually still you. Oh, little, <laughs> if you wouldn't made tease. wiener holes, then I wouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Over there, cross pond down if you miss Greg, not Jay Hardy. Well, I, for one, am excited to be back. I am, too. After a too long hiatus. What better way to come back from a long hiatus than to do everyone's favorite movie? Yeah. 1950-something. Yeah. Four. Four. On the waterfront. Yeah. 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 It's a... Jazzed. 
<laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's in stores. Um, there's, <laughs> in stores. Uh, stores now. There's, there's some famous, famous quotes come from it. If there's, there's, there's quotes. Tiny it is, tunes it is quotable it. more yeah. than you know. If there I, is a single open Suncoast video in a mall somewhere, <laughs> check out the Hyperion collection. <laughs> you might Hyperion? actually find it in stores. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, I figure if it was lampooned on Tiny Toons, it's got to be a good movie. Right? It's been lampooned everywhere, that's, but that's just because old people no, used to write specifically, everything. Specifically Tiny Toons. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hello. That's, that's my gauge that's of a, good movies. That's the bar. That's a little more contemporary. Man. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I include Muppet Babies in that. Yeah. I'm a little Muppet Babies. I'm just saying. A little Muppet Babies. But then again, Tiny Toons had enough episodes and was on long enough to pretty much cover the spread for Muppet Babies as well. They might have hit every movie Muppet, Muppet Babies hit as well. Tiny Toons is a national treasure, and it should be in that vault in Congress where they hold all the awesome things. Tiny yeah. Toons was pretty awesome. Space Jam 2 should have featured some of the Tiny Toons. No, do not place that on Tiny Toons. It would have tiny brought tunes. Space Jam 2 up a percent. That's all I'm <laughs> oh, saying. I don't know. That. Uh, eh. Okay, you're telling me Tiny Toons inclusion oh. wouldn't have made it better? Not good, had, but better. Only if they had Minerva Mink in it. <laughs> Minerva you know Mink. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To quote Dustin from Stranger yeah. Things. Mm-hmm. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fly Casual episode. What? I don't know. Something. Been a while. 324. <laughs> four. Yes, 324. 324. Yeah. Oh. It is. It seems like only 60 episodes ago we hit 300, but that's just because that's how many weeks have passed. In the meantime, though, why don't we get? Hey, do we do news on the new format with the? Or we just jump right in. We just jump right in, boy. Well, then we gotta talk about the on the waterfront. So it's time for your Porkins by the week. I sure. Don't know how this works anymore? I don't either. I think you did the Porkins last time in you the know, middle. You know what? Yeah, you could have done it in the middle, but we're doing it now. We're doing it now. It's, no one's going to even know because they haven't watched it yet. I don't know if y'all know this, but that famous line that you've heard everywhere and everything, yep. I could have been a contender, Yep, is mm-hmm. from the movie On the Waterfront. I did not. Oh. However, however, the theme oh. where that was said, well, you see, there's a little interesting story behind that. It was in Marlon Brando's contract that he didn't have to work after four o'clock because, you know, <laughs> Marlon Brando. He Brandos. All right. Well, he Brandoed it that early on in his career. <laughs> he said, I ain't working after four, though, because I got reasons. Them no, reasons like- was because he had to go to therapy. Because oh, his mama had died. Oh, and he oh, no. was dealing with parental issues oh, because it's Marlon worse. Brando. Oh. So in that meaningful, impactful scene... That that line has been repeated from in countless other properties. Any close-ups on the other dude's face in the car? Marlon Brando wasn't across from him in the car. They had to shoot the whole scene with Marlon Brando at therapy and him just delivering lines (laughs) to another dude. Wow. That would be Charlie. That's, uh, I'll never watch that movie the same again. Right? No. (laughs) Now, that guy was there for Marlon Brando's lines. They're like, hey... 
You wait. We'll save your lines for after Marley heads to the head shrinker, <laughs> and then we'll record wow. your lines. Marlon Brando, what a career that guy! I had. didn't realize yeah. he was such a diva from start. Yeah, to almost I thought it, he got eccentric as he got older. That's what I thought yeah. too. But man, no, he was a is, diva is from. That, no, he jump. was he was born that way. Yeah, is that kind of the like symptom of being a method actor? Because it seems like a lot of method actors have that. that and that's the other thing, though. Mentality. I don't know. Was Marlon Brando method? Or yeah. did he just not know how to not be in character? <laughs> Maybe that's it. I'm not sure he was like, I'm not sure he's like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm gonna, we're going to do the Stanislavski thing. Or if he was just like, hey, I'm the Godfather. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> he's just always You've heard character. that story, haven't you, about what he met with uh, Coppola the first time? I have, but feel free to well, share. Well, he, <laughs> he met with him and sat down with Coppola, and they were going to read a few lines, and, and he stuck that he stuck cotton in his mouth yeah, the cotton to get was. the jowl things yep. going. And Coppola was like, ah, I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that, but it's Marlon Brando, and yeah. I don't think he wanted to rock the boat. Well, and didn't the studio think he was too young, and so he he they wanted to do anything they be. could to yeah. make him look older and that it was Brando's idea well I'll just have cotton wads in my mouth for the next year <laughs> of my life <laughs> and, it's, so and everybody everybody's like I don't know if it, no 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 the extra half a quarter of a centimeter of girth it gives my cheeks <laughs> will make it worth me having cotton wads in my mouth for the rest of the year all right Marley okay it kind of was want, worth bro? it in the end I guess Not right the, I knew what he was doing but even famously, Christopher Reeve, um, during the filming of Superman, Superman the movie, I, I remember I remember seeing actually not too long ago a clip of him on Letterman talking about you know Letterman's like, hey, what was like what was it like working with Brando? And uh, he was not very complimentary. <laughs> he essentially <laughs> said he phoned it in. No one <laughs> in history has ever enjoyed working, working with, with Marlon Brando. Brando. Yeah. However. <laughs> I mean, God, just read about the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> oh, oh, watch the documentary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I keep forgetting about that. Oh, thank you for the reminder. But he, like <laughs> the dude was the crazy throughout his entire mm -hmm. career and it only got worse. Apocalypse Now. Oh, my God. Read about that one. Like they pretty much rewrote and redid the whole structure of every scene he was in because Jeez. like he had it in his contract that he didn't have to stand up or something like, <laughs> like it's, I, I I might be making that up, but I don't think I am. Like, not, I remember it being that up. ridiculous. Like, yeah. I I'll, mean, after you come out like early on in your career and you win a few Academy Awards, I mean, where do you have to go? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well. Like, yeah. If you got to <laughs> flaunt it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I need I need sixteen pounds of jelly beans in my trailer every day. <laughs> Only green ones. I'm not standing up, so don't even ask. <laughs> if you need me to be standing, you're gonna do a close up while I'm sitting down. <laughs> Just put the chair up on a box. Like I think mean, seriously, yeah. like what's yeah. the thought process? But, but yeah, that's the reason why there's all those creepy close ups of him. I believe in really? Apocalypse Now is because he just was like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm not standing up yeah, for not. your movie. Sorry. What was the movie with Edward Norton yeah, and Robert the De Niro? Score. The score. The, uh, the He's same just story. sitting on the edge of the pool the, the whole, whole time. time. Yeah. And actually, I think in a, in Frank a, in a lady's bathrobe. And, yes. <laughs> they so just filmed strange. him at home, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> it was actually with George Lucas's pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but Frank Oz had similar stories. And now that we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it, I don't think I've ever read a story where there isn't something really just off putting and weird yeah. and just crazy about this guy yeah but you know what although christopher reeves may have felt that marlon brando phoned it in 
Oh, Superman. I, lo- I love. Th- this is movie. painful. I'm going to say something painful. <laughs> Marlon Uh-oh. Brando's ca- version of Jor El is in more movies than Christopher Reeve's version of Kal El. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. I believe, that, or maybe it's equal. Maybe Jor El mm. wasn't featured in four. I don't remember if he was in four, nah. but Marlon Brando's Jor El was in Return of Superman. Yeah, that's right. Or Superman Returns. Superman Returns, right. And mm-hmm. I think they've used the voice in a couple of other little Superman projects. Probably, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's in the Donner Cut. because Right, that's true. If yeah, you include so the Donner Cut, as yeah. a, well, but so is Chris Reeves. So. Well, Chris Reeves. <laughs> sure. It's a competition. Got, <laughs> it's obviously a competition. Two dead guys competing for the most that's, Superman yeah, movies. That's right. So, anyway. <laughs> On the waterfront, Garrick. Yes. I'm what glad you asked. Oh, position <laughs> are we in the is it better than Star Wars saga? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. There, that worked that time. <laughs> that did. It really did. <laughs> so on the waterfront is when they first ranked it in 1998, is number eight on the AFI wow. okay. top 100. Right. Number eight. And if it's, As a reminder, where's Star Wars? Yeah, longtime listeners will know, and maybe I'll, I'll reiterate this for maybe new listeners. Good idea. It's a good idea. Star Wars on the AFI Top 100 is 15, That's right. which is much lower on the list yeah. than 8. We are mm. halfway. <laughs> yeah. Halfway through the series before we started over again with the revised list. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so mm. we've done Some Like It Hot. It's pretty good. Right. Good Bridge movie. on the River Kwai. Pretty good to some people. Artsy, Great movie. Artsy fartsy. Some people Sunset like it. Sunset Boulevard. Awesome really loved movie. It. Yep. It's a Wonderful Life. Eh, one of my favorites. Yeah, good, but really long. Divisive. Divisive Divisive. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Singing in the Rain. Terrible <laughs> movie with really good in the most Yeah, in the most artistic yeah. way. Good music. <laughs> terrible movie. Terrible movie yeah. in the most artistic and, way. And uh, the la- last time we did number nine, Schindler's List, which... <sighs> which, made, which made... Which made... Mike Wait, that was... openly <laughs> sob in his bed with a box of tissues what's and this, what's happening? a heart-shaped box well, this, Whitman That was the first one when we were, I believe, we were all in unison saying yes. That this, it was the, definitively yeah. better yeah. than Definitive, Star Wars. Yeah. On the, we were, based on the criteria. Based, based on the criteria, yeah. 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 We were with, pretty close which is on cri- Sunset Boulevard, yeah, too. Yeah, it was close what, on yeah, We are really close on Sunset uh, what, What's the criteria? That the criteria is what... Oh, I was asking Garrick. Oh, Garrick, what's the criteria? Well, I'll tell you. Oh, Thanks good. for asking, Corey. Good. I'm glad because I didn't know. That's why I asked you. <laughs> the criteria, there's seven criteria that they use for the rating of the AFI Top 100. There's the feature length, has to be 60 minutes long, has to be an American film in an English language, although there's some, there are some caveats for uh, Bridge on the River Kwai since it was uh, not filmed here. Right. But it still counted somehow. Uh, number three, critical recognition. Number four, major award winner. Major, major awards. awards. Number Gina. five, popularity over time. Number six, historical significance. And number seven, cultural impact. Right. Bum, bum, bum. So well, they did talk about being Americans in that movie. They so. did. They straight up. They at one point someone chest stumped and said, "This is America, like America." America. Yep. This is America. Um, so, Fuck so, yeah. So going into this movie, which who had seen that? Who had seen this before? Let's. Now, I had learned about this movie in a film studies class, but I never watched it. Mm-hmm. And I had known about the Porkins thing about that being the, the where line. That, that line, but I had completely forgotten 
I had no idea. Morgan's kid brought it up. I had no idea until I watched the movie. I was like, oh, when I watched the movie and the scene started, I remembered the image of the scene. And I went, oh, is this? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah. This the most famous cinematic uh, lines of all time. But then Garrick texts us and says, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the movie's See, only 50 I, years I, old. I did not know what movie that line was from. Yeah, In my head, I, I thought either. it was from Raging Bull. I, I me too. I, which I'd not You could have convinced me, even though I should have known better. I, I, I knew it had boxers in it. If yeah, I had I to have guessed, I would have said Raging Bull. Yeah, because boxing I'm an idiot. contender, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, this movie also has boxy talk in it. Although boxy talk, no boxing. No boxing. In it. Yeah, right. I mean, you got a Catholic priest, you got a boxer. How's there no boxing? <laughs> I don't know. I figured they'd have thrown that in somewhere, but my they didn't. gosh! Well, because who, who's our lead actor? Oh, I got him. I ain't getting get in the ring. I'm not gonna box anybody for one. And also, <laughs> after four o'clock, I go to the show <laughs> with no boxing. After seven, martinis only. <laughs> um, so what did you think this movie was before you sat down to watch? Did you read at all about no, it? You went in raw. raw. As did I. Yep. yep. What so did, did you I. think on a movie called On the Waterfront was going to be about? <laughs> um, well, I guess I didn't try to was on the waterfront. I didn't even try to figure it out. I, no, yeah, I, just, I really had no clue. I didn't. Judging, this was did, a task that I had to complete. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as far as I went mentally. With it. No, really. Judging by, judging by the poster I saw, I thought we were in for another Some Like It Hot type movie. Oh, because he's so, he looks like he's wearing makeup. I just <laughs> thought it would be kind of, you know, re, you know, the classic Brando kind of more rebel you know, leather jacket yeah. kind of stuff. That's I mean, what I thought it would be. I'm I mean, not, leather jacket. I'm not, I don't know much about Marlon brando although i've seen him in things i just didn't know it was marlon brando so i just knew that he was a big name and so i'm like oh this is a marlon brando film oh that means nothing to me okay i'll watch it I'm just- so i had completely forgotten what on the waterfront was at all mm-hmm. and so we're like i watch on the waterfront and i'm picturing like before i turned it on because i didn't look i didn't read i just it wasn't a decision i was just being lazy and I'm thinking, all right, this is gonna, what's going to be like Bogart and Catherine Hepburn, like Casablanca yeah, type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking like more like I can't remember what's the name of the movie. I, I'm thinking Jungle Cruise, uh, Queen Jungle Queen. I don't remember uh, Jungle Book, Queen, Queen of the Nile, Queen of the Nile. One of the I don't know <laughs> Jungle Cruise. We'll just call Jungle it that. Cruise. I thought it was uh, Emily <laughs> Blunt rock, and yeah, The Rock, right? <laughs> And so that's what on the waterfront sounds like to me. Like, oh, we're we're gonna get Jimmy Stewart retired on a little beachfront property, falling in love with <laughs> yeah. Kathy Hepburn. You know, oh, sure. that's what I was expecting. And it okay. starts out I'm like, oh, this is a brand of what the hell is this? Yeah, because it's not some pretty little like you know some some classic American literature setting. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's dock workers. Dock workers. That's the waterfront. Dock mm-hmm. workers in Baltimore, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it was the pretty, uh, it was the African queen, African, African queen. queen thank you. you. I knew it had queen in it. Yes. Uh, but Me yeah, too. it's funny because when I start a movie like this, regardless if it's a, something on my task list or not, <laughs> I I, I, re- I rarely think about what's this movie going to be like. I it just I I think differently about it. So when I start watching it, it's like I'm having the thoughts as it's happening, not. Yeah, well, you know me. Yeah, I can't shut it off. 
Like, it's not like I sit down on the crapper and go, you know what? I'm going to put my phone down and think yeah, about no, what right. this is No, right. No, it's just like, <laughs> as you're doing whatever, preparing to watch, you're like, oh, on the waterfront, your mind just What am starts, I in for? Yeah, and my brain just starts yeah, coming my, up with my, random my, scenarios. I, my I mind just, just imagine goes, you, beep, bop, you, boop, beep. You're like the bop. thinker on the toilet with your, your fist balled under your chin. You're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. What what on the waterfront. That's what I I want to spend the next three hours before watching the movie and trying to decide what the movie's about. Oh, my legs are asleep. <laughs> fell down, bumped my head. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't I didn't expect what it was, and then when I realized it, I was like, oh, geez, yeah, okay. Like, I, like it started to come back to me little pieces of what I knew about the film, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I still what I realized that I didn't know much about it as I was watching it. I knew less about it than I would have thought. Right. So, uh, yeah. Here we go, Mike. It's a we've got a so, movie. Give so, us the premise. Okay, so you jump in and and I think one of the first scenes anyway is basically Brando uh with his buddy or meeting up with a buddy or something and I just remember that he's yelling at him through the window or whatever and uh, you come to find out later these guys work pigeons together they, they yeah carry your pigeons. Carry pigeons i got one i found one of your pigeons he's got your mark like, how do you know he's mine? He's got your mark on him okay bring him up i right, bring him up to you and i'm sitting there going what the hell is this yeah right the dudes <laughs> yelling at each other you know About the whole pigeons. neighborhood's trying to relax <clears throat> they're yelling so that's uh, new jersey for you so they get him out of his apartment and he goes up top you know where he thinks well, he's it's maryland be- in the movie but it was filmed in hoboken oh <laughs> there you go gotcha. gets to the top of the and then Suddenly, he's being thrown off the building. Yeah, not Marlon Brando. <laughs> not Marlon Brando. A like. really, really silly-looking dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Marlon, Brando, Marlon Brando was not in the movie for very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he died immediately. It was really weird. He that was, was not con- a contender. That was in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> Four o'clock, I'm out in two days. So I'm um, I'm like, in this, I'm like, oh, geez, this is like mafia stuff. Yeah. Initially. And, and well, sort of is. It sort of is. Yeah. I mean, organized crime. Organized in one, crime in the setting of, uh, it's a union setting. It's like the old, you know, crime bosses and the unions. Workers. Yeah. The I mean, this workers. is 1954 right. where you didn't mess with the Teamsters. Right. You didn't mess with dock workers. You didn't mess with the projectionist union if you didn't want to lose a body part. Right. Back when we had people who were supposed to know how to work projectors working projectors <laughs> rather than 15-year-olds who get driven to the theater by their mother for their show. Hey, hey. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. So it, we come to find out fairly quickly that uh, that Marlon's character, uh, was it Malloy? Tommy? Terry. Terry Malloy is uh, basically he's a, he's a washed up um, ex-boxer, yep. semi-pro, and... Um, finds favor with the local crime union boss because his brother's in with him. His brother is, yeah, he's in the, his brother's in the inner circle. Yeah, so, and his, his brother's in the he's inner like circle. Legal, the, legal counsel. Yeah, the, and he's almost like the mascot. The way he's portrayed yeah. uh, when they do come in. Of course, the head of the the local is played by George. Is that George C. Scott? No. Mm-hmm. Who was that? Johnny Friendly. Yeah. It's uh, Lee, Cobb. Lee, J- Lee Cobb. Lee Cobb. Lee Cobb. Lee Jacob. Lee Jacob. Lee Jacob. It's almost better without the J. Yeah, that was a mistake. That was a misstep on Lee's part. Wasn't. Nobody <laughs> which, knows. Which, by the is. way, Lee Cobb was great in that film. Yeah, I thought he was really, really good. Yeah, he really was. Like, here, I, I just said he was George C. Scott for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty he good. He was really good. Yeah, I mean that's good company. <laughs> I mean it was it was a little um, 
heavy. I mean, it was a little on the nose in terms of you over know portraying a, a yeah a crime boss or whatever. What but, wasn't yeah. every character right. over the top in yes, the whole in the movie? movie. Yes, like right. his older brother is the only one who ever seems everybody's an normal. archetype in yeah. this, or at least maybe yeah, it was an archetype, but then, but it feels like an archetype now. You guys have troubles understanding what they were saying, like not the words, but the way they were strung together. Because I no, no and here's why: because I, I still this, watch everything with subtitles on. <laughs> no, it's just the slang. They were just throwing all this uh, oh, mobster yeah. talk around. I'm like, oh yeah, what is going on? <laughs> there was slang. There was weird slang in slang. it. Sure, like that curious. opening scene where you're in there and you meet like the inner circle for the first time of of this these crime bosses they're playing one one guy which turns out to be herman munster is playing pool <laughs> was it him oh yeah that was fred gwynn man i didn't yeah. realize oh yeah yeah what, and, and one and of what his exactly very, is a ute in one of his very first roles by the way yeah May have i been didn't his first i didn't role. recognize him that one went right yeah. past actually me. i don't think he's credited in the movie so that's dirty yeah <laughs> this movie just went down a peg in my no, i saw that and i was like oh geez i know a it few is people his first in this film flight. and yeah he was uncredited yeah yeah, yeah. So. good thing garrick's here to make sure you're not lying to <laughs> so, you win this round mike <laughs> but yes yeah in that yeah, in that yeah, scene yeah. where they're playing pool there's a lot of jargon being thrown around and you're just yeah you're trying to keep it all straight it was almost it not quite as dense as like the godfather the first time you watch that and you're like Ooh. well but it was it was in that vein Maybe. Like, interesting that you compared it to The Godfather. Because, yeah, The Godfather's got all, like, the inside Italian-esque mm-hmm. stuff. Right. You know? Like, what the hell is a consigliere? Right. You know? Which is something they explored and analyzed this. But, remember that? Trying to get the word right. Are you trying to say capiche? But this movie, like... It's like when you go back and you watch something from like the late 30s and everybody talks like this at each other. You're all wet. I'm all wet. You're all wet. Wise guy, <laughs> are you? Yeah. And how? You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing doing. Right. Take that and multiply it times 20 because you're getting this like heavy blue collar shop talk right. slang mm-hmm. that no one outside of that would have any idea. And yeah, they are probably pouring it on a little thick just to prove to you that they did their homework. <laughs> but it's fun yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, no, I yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So <coughs> now take your time, Mike. Excuse me. <laughs> but the uh, so as as we move on here, you you find out that the kid that was killed um had, had a kid? father oh, and yeah, a sister a kid, and uh, well he was young like young guy long, yeah youngy um that the guy had a sister and a dad and of course they're all upset you know that he was killed and they know something's funny you know they know he was into no good and uh the local priest is well they knew he was into good that's the trick it's no good in the community's eyes because they're all dock workers but the thing is this guy was speaking up against the crookedness <clears throat> right of the of the union leaders and remember, this is 1954, right? Where you did not you just, do that, yeah. especially if you're Hollywood making a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was pretty bold for the time. You're right. Yeah. So, um, and I'm trying to see who the actress was. That- Edie, Edie, Eva Marie Saint, Eva Marie Saint, yeah. Edie Doyle is the character. Oh, Edie name. Doyle's yeah, the character. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's awesome. I like her. Yeah, no, she was great, too. Yeah, you know, it's funny because most movies from around that time, especially dramas, whatever the leading lady, love interest, you know, damsel in distress arc stereotype they're going with, it was always like, it's always over melodramatic. And she has a couple of moments where clearly, I mean, that's the way they did films. 
but for the most part, it was almost like we're watching the analog for Rocky, like the impetus of the movie Rocky, where you've got this kind of like thug headed, you know, dude who's into this chick who's shyer mm-hmm. and has other concerns, like, sure. you know, her dead brother in this yeah. case. But like it reminded me of that, you know, Rocky Adrian kind of thing where she was not as shy as Adrian, but shy around this dude who she thinks is part of the machine that killed her brother. And she's the only one who thinks it. Right. Or she's the only one who's willing to admit that that was probably the case. Even her own she, father, who knows that was the case, yeah, won't but, speak out but against he's, the dog. But he is a union employee. Yep. And he knows. He knows the code, man. Every he, single day when he shows up to work, he won't get picked if he pisses somebody off, right. and he don't get paid. Right. And what you're talking about getting picked, what the, what the, he's referring to is in this setting, essentially all the union workers show up, and the docs only need so many workers each day, and they get handpicked, and you know, and of course, there's there's a crime element behind it. So the guys that are the most loyal know how to keep their yeah. mouth shut, do the work. And it was that way in a lot of union environments back then. <laughs> and it was for two reasons, because depending on what material showed up, you know, in this case, what boats came in that need to be unloaded or whatever, or what boats need to be loaded. There's only so much work to do. That was the above board justification of why they just pick people, day workers. Mm-hmm. But in reality, a huge part of it was because they can control everyone if all you got to do is look the wrong way and you don't get paid. Right. So you don't have a job that day. Every single day right. you have to be selected. It was a hustle. It's a different I mean, world than we live in right, now. Right. Mm-hmm. Very different. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's a different country. It's completely for different. For the country. most part. No, I shouldn't say it. it's a different country with valid social security. I'm still, I'm trying to get there, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. Well, for most people in this country, it's not that way anymore. I have a fun fact about uh, Eva Marie Saint. Please. Do it. Uh, she voiced Katara in Legend Shut of Korra. Up. You know, she's also Martha Kenton oh. in Superman Returns. Yep. Yep. That's her? Yes, that's her. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. That's <laughs> awesome. So yeah, she's been around the block. She was, she was beautiful. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, she really had that kind of like, she had that mix of like very strong will, but at the same time, the fragile, you had mm-hmm. to be fragile back then mm-hmm. in Hollywood sure. to be a leading lady. Right. So she had, but she had the quiet strength and resolve, but at the still, at the same time, like always at the tipping point. Right. And she walked that line very, very well. Yeah. yeah. She was good in North by Northwest too. I've still never seen North by Northwest. <laughs> have I. That's, that's been not on, on my list. No, it's been on my pile of shame for years and well, Longer than I've had it on my pile of shame. It's been on my pile of shame. Oh. Because it's old. It. It's old. Not bad. So Not essentially bad. they're trying I to solve this murder and there's is a priest involved, the local, you know, parish priest. The new priest. The new priest. Father Barry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was not the guy from the Captain Cosmos Quantum Leap. No, was no, 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 <laughs> no. Carl Walden, who was a big, big actor back in the 50s. Mm. Uh, you might know him from Patton. We were talking about him earlier. Yep. Um, what was this character in Patton? Omar Bradley. Yes. Yes. So from that's, the infamous Bradley tanks. That's probably where I recognize yes. him from exactly. most. But um, that's where they so got Omar Bradley from the tank. You know, he's the new <laughs> right. priest in yeah. town and he's, you know, them from he's, tank. you know, trying to see Scott in it too. It sure did. Tied it in. <laughs> there was some George C. Nailed it. That's right. So the new priest is really interested in trying to, you know, um, bring justice you know, to the to the parish and mm-hmm. to the area and and he sees the the evil that's happening at the at the docks and you know he's really Yeah, the old priest isn't nothing one to 
No, it has nothing not. to do with it. No, he's like, no, he's just saying mass, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sit here and smile <laughs> yeah. while you go nuts. So this is yeah, the priest that's very active. So he's trying to convince um, um, Doyle, uh, Ed Doyle. You know, hey, you know, we need to find out what's going on. You know, we need your dad. You know, we need to figure out what's going on. And if you know, we can get some people to talk. We can, you know, we can bring this crime ring down. Basically, so he's kind of the ringleader of this, trying to push everybody to to do the right thing and. Of course, fails miserably at the beginning of the movie. You know, the guys at the docks want nothing to do with him, mm. you know, at all. And uh, um, so anyway, so he's, you know, really pushing to, you know, find out, you know, how her brother died and all that good stuff. And then they come, you know, to realize that <laughs> all that uh, good stuff, <laughs> Terry Malloy had something to do with it or at least knows something and uh, encourages her basically to go chat with him. And, and that's kind of where their relationship starts taking off. And uh, her view of him is that he's, you know, a little more, um, well, I don't know. You're right. At, at first, she was kind of um, suspicious of him, but um, kind of softens up to him when they spend more time together and talking and all that good stuff. So that's where their relationship starts. But she doesn't know. She has no idea that he was actually there when her brother was killed. Was actually and that the he, one who got him. Right. Who go. basically, he was a setup. Terry he Malloy was a setup. He thought they were just going to rough him up. Well, he him. knew he was a setup. He yeah, just well, yeah, didn't know. Yeah, he, right. he didn't know. Correct. Him. Correct. So, yeah, he didn't know um, that that was going to happen. So, um, so anyway, push comes to shove. Um, at some point, the the priest decides to hold like a, a meeting at the church. Yeah. And basically you know, a, a, an anti-union. I mean, right? that's the way the union looks at it. He just wants honest people to come together about this really horrible thing that happened. Yeah. Right. He's but not about getting rid of the union. He's about getting figuring get, out what happened and making it right. Get rid of the gangsters. The problem is, it's the union what did it. And so yeah. even the people who show up, like the dad of the guy who died, are just sitting there and totally skeptical. They're, they're there to listen to the priest because they want justice. Right. Deep down, they want justice. Right. They don't believe anyone can serve it to them. So they're just sitting there looking at him like, all right, Father, what well, do you well, listen, Yeah, we'll listen to what you have to say, but... Yeah, the skepticism, and, and nobody's, you're right, nobody's saying nothing, everybody's too afraid. Yeah. And uh, while they're meeting, um, essentially the thugs come they, to the church. They try to do their start, own mini March of Jericho. <laughs> yeah, around they the start banging bats on the ground around the church walls. Yeah. yeah, and when the guys realize what's going on, they all start running, and yeah. they're all starting to get jumped and beat up and roughed up, yeah. you know, what are you doing here, that type of thing. And um, I think, the is it the character Moose is the one that is the rat? Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I forget. I, I think it's the character Moose is uh um basically the, the priest after he gets roughed up in the alley, the priest comes to him like, you know, hey, if you, you know, come and testify, you know, at this because basically they're bringing up the, the local crime boss up on charges and uh, there's a hearing of some sort with the local. I, I don't know if it's a court hearing or if it's a, you know, some kind of um you know, local board or something, you know, that's, that's hearing um, some kind of charges against the guy. And they're like, we need you to testify against them. And he goes, I'll, you know, we'll be with you there though. You know, every step of the way we'll, we'll protect you. And uh, he says, yes. Well, of course the crime bosses get wind of this and mm -hmm. decide that they're going to shut him up. And, uh, <laughs> Permanently. and the only they, way they know how they shut him up. So uh, what ends up happening to him is they he's picked one day to work the docks and there's an unfortunate accident that happens <laughs> where <laughs> an entire case of booze is dropped on him. 
It's a very expensive way to get okay. rid of somebody. Well, if, very if flashy. You're go out. <laughs> um, I guess I'd better be drinking the booze going out than having it dropped on me. I guess this is the scene that I think is probably the most 1950s of the entire film. The, the father coming on the boat to administer last rites to the corpse that's still on the murder scene that a total right. accident but it's like they don't get him on a stretcher and carry him off and have him do last rites where they drive him I'm like no get the father here on the boat and have you know the coroner's just sitting by like I'll wait pops yeah I'll wait padre and he gives us go ahead do what you get and then he eyes. just starts yelling at everybody and I'm like all right it's clearly the 50s <laughs> in movie in this movie right ah now. it's a yelling part of the movie yeah exactly Thanks, it's the part where we lecture everyone and we don't look at the camera but we're really looking at you <laughs> the viewer so uh so yeah so he's killed and and through all this I, I you know we start seeing that uh, um. Uh, Terry Malloy is starting to kind of, I don't know, regret his association <laughs> yeah. with, with everybody. Yeah, because d although he's kind of like a dumb thug, right? he's not a bad guy. Right. And the more he gets to know um, Edie Doyle's character, you know, he comes to care for her mm -hmm. and, you know, starting to realize that, you know, geez, I have feelings for her and, you know... And, and basically, the priest and her are chipping away at him to right. get him mm -hmm. to 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 rat on on the union boss. And the again, he's and then the union becomes aware of this possibility. Yes, right. And they turn to the brother and they say, "Hey, fix the situation." Yeah, you Charlie. vouched for him. Yeah, Charlie. And then they get in the car. Yeah, and the scene happens. And the scene. And the scene. <laughs> I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. <laughs> it is it is a powerful scene. I mean, it's, it is. It's 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 if it wasn't and everything. a trope, right? It's such. And a you're trope. watching that totally fresh. You'd be right. like, man, this guy's really opening up to his brother in this right. like moment <laughs> where like his brother's setting him. You know, well, basically they're they're basically saying, hey, we're going to give you this big cushy job. Right now, he's just a guy that is kind of muscle for him, and he just sits around the docks all day, gets paid, and does nothing. Yeah, yeah. he just lays around on the merchandise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reading comic books, <laughs> um, dirty magazines. But they're at a point now where the union boss is like, "Okay, offer him a job." Uh, in quotey fingers, and basically they're offering him like a, a an actual position mm -hmm. in quotey fingers manager. again, <laughs> a manager where he's going to get paid this. I mean, basically they're offering him you know a well paying job. Yeah, and, but it, here's the he's option. not going to do anything. Here's the option. <laughs> Take the the well paying no show type job, and if you want to put it in Tony Soprano terms, <laughs> or die. <laughs> <laughs> like here, we're gonna we're gonna set you up and make it awesome, or right. we're gonna kill you. Yeah, you choose. And I, I I love that scene too because Charlie the brother. I mean, it's just really tore about the, you know, torn it's up. The, yeah, it's the first time where you really feel the brotherly connection between the two. Up until that point, I yeah. wasn't sure if he was his actual brother. Yes. Agreed. Or if he was some guy who he said was like a brother right. and his actual brother that he talked about was actually not in the movie at all. <laughs> I wasn't sure <laughs> I that they didn't bother. I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's clear because it's really not. Oh, really? That, what, what's what's uh, what more what I thought was more made that seem more powerful is he was in an orphanage. I think he was telling. Uh, yeah. Eva's, Eva's uh, character, this is an orphan and, uh, you know, Johnny picked him to be a fighter and that was his oh, whole that's purpose. Right, yeah, right. And I, I, I couldn't, I didn't know if they were brothers uh, that were left in the orphanage together. I can't remember that scene very well, but this is a super powerful because his whole life is, was started. And that was the one good thing is he was going to be this, you know, boxer right. mm -hmm. and then it all fell apart. Because and, they wanted the reason, to fight. Right. And the reason it yeah. fell apart and, and the, that line, you know, I could have been a contender 
was because he had to take a fall. He had to take a mm-hmm. fall, and that was his last big fight it, because right. it and made goes, the union the union boss a lot of money. Right. Yeah, and he goes around, and everybody's like recognizing him. You know, as this, you're like, oh man, you fought that one guy. What happened? Too bad you like, sucked. Oh, <laughs> That's pretty yeah, much what everybody says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad that guy got the best of you. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then that scene, he life. goes, he goes into the a detail about how he studied the guy. He knew every move. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just tore him up that he had to throw the fight. You yeah, because yeah. he was being loyal to the people because who pulled his him out brother of is the one who told him. Was yeah. the ultimately the one who told me he had to throw. Yeah, it. yeah. Had to deliver. And he's trying to do one good thing, maybe not necessarily. To make up for that, but just to, I guess, just to do something to make him feel like a real person. Right. And because he didn't want to be a bum. They're going to kill him. Yeah. I don't want to be a bum. You're a bum. Yeah, I don't want to be a bum. But I just, at the end of that scene where the brother realizes he's not going to convince him, you know, he could just, I don't know. He just acted really well. He just, you could just see it on his face. Yeah. Then. That was, that was actually, yeah. And, that and guy he's like, okay, this conversation never happened. I never found you. I'm going to let you go. Right. You're going to, you're, we're going to stop the car because he knows he's trying to get his brother to take the promotion. Right. Because if his brother doesn't, they got to drive him to where they're going to execute him. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the driver's not stupid. Right. The driver stops and lets him out. Right. Yes. But then immediately then takes, yeah, right. rats him. And uh, unfortunately, the killing happens to. This is probably, Charlie. for me, this is one. There's two scenes that I absolutely hate in this movie. <laughs> okay. Fair. Oh, I'm curious. The killing of his brother makes no sense to me. Well, his brother let him go. Well, I understand why the movie makes it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to serve any purpose for that the the mob it's not going to be any benefit to them to kill him off. I the reason why I'm okay with that. I get where you're coming from. I totally do. Like it's like zero that, benefit. That seems zero extreme. benefit. You're losing a loyal person who should not have been as a smart mob boss would have not put him in that There's position. Your, there you go. You just invalidated so, your argument with that phrase right no, there. No, well, but <laughs> Johnny Friendly was not a smart. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's mob. why I'm saying I don't yeah. like the scene because this whole that whole thing was stupid. And I'm like, uh, if you if he's really that powerful and he's got all these people under, his, he had to be somewhat smart. Well, he had to have some smarts about him to be able to get this whole thing. I together. get it, but at the end of the movie, I think you come to realize that he's not as high on the horse as maybe he yeah. thought he I was. Think, yeah, I think it was he cares more about keeping people in line. Like he's always talking about rats. You know, we can't have rats. He was paranoid. One. Yeah, it, well, yeah. I mean, people in power yeah. in a tenuous position like that will always be paranoid. Is anything well, any I, little thing like I said? Down. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but it you get rid of actually a loyal person. He's one of the most loyal but people. He, but he wasn't loyal at that moment. He was disloyal right when it counted. That's one time. That's all it takes, man. And have you seen you the killed, Godfather? <laughs> and you you killed the brother. You killed the brother of this guy who's already waffling. So you're obviously going to push him more away. You're not going to scare him. Uh, well, that's the thing. That's where Johnny Friendly is not that smart. Johnny Friendly thinks this dude's a bonehead and will right. will basically follow the weak path. What he doesn't realize is that the bonehead's got a heart, and the heart's going to lead him to the strong path. Johnny Friendly doesn't have a heart. So he and he's kept his position by keeping people scared. That's the only reason why he's still in power is because everyone is well, scared of him. Like so, I said, I get why. It's just 
dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is dumb, in my opinion. Well, organized so, crime is dumb, Howie. Uh, yeah, it's all don't true. do organized crime, Howie. Well, yeah. it's the reason he's not the in official, that business anymore, right? Official position <laughs> of Fly Casual is don't do organized crime. Yeah. Just we are do unorganized crime. We Unless are you're really good pro, at it, then. We are pro-Rico okay. statutes at Fly Casual. <laughs> the other dumb scene... Except for piracy. So so it's essentially the mob executes Charlie and um at this point Terry doesn't know yet. He goes to spend the night with uh with Edie and yeah. there's a ruckus in the Yeah, there's a ruckus outside. in the sheets. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, he, he's going he knows the mob's after him, so what does he do? He goes to his girl. So that she can be in danger. Again, we're not talking about the most intelligent people. It's a movie about dumb people. I didn't say that that was a bad thing. So he goes, he goes in the alley, sees his brother's been executed in a horrific fashion. Because where else are you going to go? They beat him, killed him, and hung him up. You know, Strung him with a hook. Right. Strung him with a the, hook. The, the, pick, the hook. The shot him, the guys shot him in the heart like three times. Yeah. Four right. times. So, yeah. Ow, you could tell very specifically because there were little dots of blood that were dabbed on his jacket <laughs> yep. with a piece of lipstick or something. Yeah. You know, it's, though, it was, it was for the 54. I thought that was pretty graphic. Oh, it's, this movie's heavily graphic 54. They, I mean, it may have been a dummy, but they chucked a dude off a building. <laughs> I mean, for the 50s, this was crazy yeah. graphic. Right. So he sees that, and I mean, Terry is just full of rage, and he goes to, uh, he goes to the local bar where he knows um, the guys are hanging, or some of the the crime guys are hanging out, right? Yeah. And uh, goes there. He's getting. He's got a drink. He's got a gun, and he's he's gonna, just waiting. He he knows they're in the back room, so he's. I, I love that he's in the bar where he knows they're at, and he sits down and has a drink. Yeah. <laughs> first, rather than go barging in, right? He's like, I'm going to make them scared. <laughs> they're they're trying to make everybody else scared. Right. They're going to be scared of me first. Fortunately for Terry Malloy, uh, the priest, Father Friendly, whatever, Abraham Father guy, Flanagan, F- Father Flanagan comes from in. Angels with Dirty Souls, I don't know, <laughs> comes in and kind of talks him off Barry, the ledge, Father Barry, and uh, Barry. convinces him this Pete is Barry. not the way to go. If you want to take these guys, will you'll kill these guys? They're going to kill you right back, and nothing. It's a cheat. And you're going to keep killing each other right back and forth. And uh, so <laughs> he convinces him. It's like, look, you've got you've got to testify. You've got you know to go and and testify and and say your piece so i love how it takes a priest to be a district attorney in this in this story (laughs) why not man why not well the da is not going to take him on at that time in that place right yeah the district attorney's not taking on the union sorry you'd have to like seriously set the world on fire for that and it took a priest right to go on some literal crusade right which is mm-hmm. yeah, what he's on. So so um, Terry Malloy testifies. Uh, the courtroom scene's interesting too because the crime boss. What the heck like, is up with that courtroom? Uh, is- yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Let the crime boss stop and intimidate the witness for <laughs> yeah, a minute know. and a half in front of the entire jury. What? It's why fine. Is, why is yeah. the witness but, with the crime people? Yeah. Why know. are they allowed to make physical? Why contact are they in with a certain? Why is half the people in this movie with their backs to the camera? Do they not have uh, toothbrushes? back then i mean i'm all for innocent until proven guilty but come on <laughs> let's take a little caution a little precaution oh uh, so it's great he gives us testimony oh at this point has he told Edie yet that uh that i think right before the courtroom scene yes. he yeah. actually yeah um the it, was, priest- it was before his he found his brother dead wasn't it <clears throat> I thought it was right before his, he that, found his that, brother it, that was an annoying scene too oh Oh yeah, the the <laughs> horns were pretty 
<laughs> dramatic. The the long like for uh, no reason other than to try to add suspense. Yeah, or yeah. It was pretty rough. They used the sound dramatic. of like the foghorns as a dramatic score. Effect. So you couldn't really hear what they were saying. Yeah, because wow. they it they were trying to. It was essentially <laughs> it was the 1954 version of Shaky Cam. It was the 1954 version of J.J. Abrams tapping the back of a camera with a pencil eraser to make the camera shake, to make it more intense. Yeah. They just lay on this sound that you're like, oh, my God, just mute the TV. <laughs> so basically, the priest has set up a meeting with, with Edie and Terry and says, you guys need to talk to each other. And, oh, that's right. Down on the, in right. the mud. Yeah. And uh, and that's when he tells her. And that's the part. You don't hear their conversation. Yeah. You, you hear the horn. You're from the priest's perspective looking at them. Yeah, talking. they're they're what, like 150 yards away. Right. And you're hearing the fog horns right. of the of the boats rolling in right. and the tugboats. And, stuff. and then you see her break down and run away. It's actually pretty cool for the 50s. It is. Yeah, I would say I it's, it. it's not like artsy fartsy. But it's a kind of, it was basically saying, writing this scene and having the dialogue have the imp <clears throat> emotional impact that it needs to have would be very difficult to portray. Right. For Marlon Brando. <laughs> He's got to leave it for, man. So instead... How do we abbreviate this? Let's have another character watch it from afar and yeah. you just see the result. Right. Which we do that kind of stuff. That You see that kind of stuff, I won't say commonly, but it's not horribly uncommon in modern films. Right. But in the 50s, I think that was pretty cool yeah. to go let's just let's show it and not tell it at all mm -hmm. and i i yeah. think that was actually a pretty neat scene yeah aside yeah. from the bang, 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 <laughs> it was pretty obnoxious so we have the courtroom scene and and uh i mean he gives us testimony and things are not good and so essentially the the crime bosses they decide we have to go straight we can't you know we can't be doing our stuff so they have their little at least meeting. For, a, for a little while yeah they're like yeah for the time being we're straight we're straight yeah, uh, did the trial resolve and they were acquitted, or was it just in progress? I think though? it was in progress. Yeah, the trial had yeah. was still. It, yeah, okay, thank. You. I don't think it had resolved. Yeah, that doesn't so, happen in the in the span of the movie. Because no. he said something. He said, "I think we're going to get indicted or something." That's yes. right. Thank you. And, and that's why. Yeah, I knew it wasn't like an actual. It was some sort of hearing again, up to. Weird for a movie he to was start subpoenaed. a trial and not finish it, yeah. but th for a good reason. The way right. they end up doing it is more impactful maybe than getting the resolution to the trial. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Cause um, that brings us to the end of the movie, which is um, essentially Terry. And the second worst thing. I, I can't remember if he just, <laughs> I can't remember if he just decides he's going to go down and work that day or well, yeah. he, he, he decided, you know what? I'm just going to go and show up for him to show up. For I, the yeah, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt anybody. Yep. He lied, but I'm not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, he changed his mind. <laughs> he sure did. Right. So he just shows up, yeah. which was bold on his part because, I mean, he just, you know, basically yeah. shut down I was thinking the, the union. He's yeah. still going to die. And, but, but the union's not in jail. They're, right. they're on trial, but they don't have to be in custody. So they're there, right. the union bosses. And he shows up, and instead of just not picking him, to rub his nose in it, they take everybody that showed up except, except him, him, right? Mm -hmm. To just mm -hmm. prove, make a point mm -hmm. out of it. Just, right. I mean, yeah, and 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 uh, he's like, "Oh, you need one more for this guy," and they said, "Well, go get some guy off the street or yes, whatever." Yes, right. Yeah, they needed one or two. They hired more, a bum. They, yeah, they yeah. basically hired a bum. Yes. Yeah, to, just to say how much they don't need Terry. Right. And, and yeah. uh, so I can't remember. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen it. So what was what was the turning uh, the, the the impetus? Point, yeah, that he, that forced the fight. He looked over and saw the uh, 
what the shack house that the, mm-hmm. they that, all that the union bosses hang right. out in. Yeah, and he just kind of walked over there and was like looking at it for a while, and, and I he think, started yelling. Didn't he? Didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Then he started. Yell at he them? started yelling at uh, fr- uh, Johnny Friendly to come out. Johnny Friendly. Yeah, they, he was yelling at the shack to get them to come yeah. out. Yeah. And so. And all this ruckus causes all the guys that are getting ready to go on the. Oh, dock when he to started walking, when walk. he started walking over there, yeah, they're all like, "Oh, he going to die! Something, something oh, he going to die!" Yeah, so they're all check watching. This out. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's awesome. working. They're all watching there's, from the side. There's of probably the house. what yeah. thirty or forty guys there or something. Right. Yeah. So he had a uh, he had an audience. So yeah, Johnny and Friendly Friendly out. loses his loses his cool, and they well, start duking no, it out. No, 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 no. Howie disagrees. Okay, Johnny Friendly. Yeah antagonized him until terry malloy instigated the fight yeah oh yeah he because johnny dumb as he is a little smarter than terry i mean that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah he knew that he couldn't instigate it right but if terry instigated it he was was which may have been dumb but also (laughs) makes it so that this scene works the has the most impact because he goads him into it terry loses his cool Starts fighting Johnny. Does not look like a boxer. Start, yeah, okay, let's not talk about Marlon Brando's fighting skills. Yeah. Does not look like a boxer Method acting only goes so far. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the dock was kind of wobbly. He's, There's water he's not a master of the blood it. sport. Yeah, okay. except for the fact that they says, he Kumite. looks like he's in his, his prime or something. They had some comment from one of the guys that made it sound like, oh, he looks like a great boxer Well, because they saw how bad he was and said, we better act like this is good to yeah. convince people. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly but it. They start fighting. He starts kicking Johnny Friendly's butt. Yeah. yeah. And Johnny Friendly eventually goes, Okay, I know I said this fight's between me and him, but you guys go kick his ass because I'm hurting really bad. So then all the dudes just start beating Wailing the ever loving hell. And yeah, the dock workers out of Terry. This is kind of behind. Second. Maybe we should actually go help Terry. They, yeah. Like they actually For a have hot a, second, but they're yeah. still scared. Yep. Still they're still scared. too scared because nobody's been indicted yet. I mean, they're just yeah. kind of standing there in shock that somebody's actually standing up to these guys. Yeah, I mean, they just don't know what to do. I mean, you can you can see it on their face that they, they all want they to, all want to jump into this, but, but they're like, yeah, oh my god, like one of them said, whole lives being yeah, one of them said somebody should do something. It's going to be a massacre. Yeah, what one of them said something like that, and it's well for the guy who didn't like this movie as much. How he remembers it really I well. Just watched it. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like he gets the ever loving crud kicked out of him. And then Friendly's yelling at the crowd, you know, you Get back to work, back to work. You know, this is what happens. Isn't it Edie and father, the priest that go get him up yeah. and they're like, you know, picking him up. And it's like, you got, they're like, they basically the, know well, the if dad you get did up too. at this point, oh, the, the dad, dad's involved. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah he the had dock workers, the line. A couple of the dock workers came over and said, we're not going in unless you walk in there first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, right. because it, we're going to prove right now is the point where you can prove the union doesn't have power. If the guys who run the dock let you in to work, even though the union didn't select you, it proves the union is powerless. And he can't even he can bear, he can't even stand up like right. he is beaten, beaten to, to a, a pulp. pulp. Yeah. Mm. And so they're having that to was help not him. believable. <laughs> 1954. Did you see the limp, Howie? Did you see him limp? He was limping. Now His we're at the second worst part scene. There was a the legitimate whole... stagger. <laughs> the second, the second worst Howie, scene in the movie was when prime. he got up. Well, not when when he was sitting there. They're trying to convince him, and then he gets up and walks that long walk up. That was oh, I was walk. rolling my eyes the whole time. This is awful. <laughs> 
It's such bad acting is what in my mind. I'm like, this it is was terrible. I don't care Almost as much accolades was a as, bad the, actor at the, as much accolades as this guy has had. I'm like, the, you are terrible. You are a terrible actor. Just in that one scene or the whole movie? He had a couple moments that I'm like, okay, this is good. Was he when had he was several other gloves? moments where it's completely the other way. Did you like, like it when he put on the ladies' gloves? Was that your favorite part? How about the lipstick and rouge? That was ad-libbed. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> it was ad-libbed yeah. in rehearsal, and they decided to keep it for filming. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you know what? I, I agree that that scene wasn't acted that great, but... I think the sentiment behind the scene was pretty powerful myself. So, yeah. I mean, here's, you know. No, no, I, I was, yeah, uh, the story, it's a great story. Yeah. Mm. So, basically, they get him up, they dust him off a little bit, and uh, he, he does the long walk, you know, with the guys. Back up the dock, and then across the pavement. Mm-hmm. And he's staggering, he's falling. You're getting it from his point of view where things are blurry and he's starting to mm. tip because he's dizzy. His, he's got, like, head injuries right. at this point. Like, he's all concussed. Right. But he understands that he's doing this, you know, for the men. And yeah. the men, I mean, they're impacted by this. See, here's the thing. At the beginning of the scene, when he just shows up and they say, everybody work can work but you, even this bum. If he'd have tried to fight his way in, doesn't yeah, work. Right. But because he went and yelled and got tricked into fighting and then got got tricked into fighting, he still can't win this. You can't have You can't have him come out on top. But because he gets absolutely creamed... And he's practically blacking out that walk back to go to work for the now it's out of the union's hands because the union just kicked the crap out of this guy. Mm-hmm. So now you're appealing to the humanity of whatever the foreman is up there who's not union. He just works with them. You know, right. the guy who works for directly for the dock owners. Right. And he's the one standing up there where people are coming in and they're like, we're not coming in until this guy comes in. At this point, this dude has a decision to make. All right, we work with the union, but I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. We got to make money today. Yeah, right? well, it's funny because they made a, they've definitely made a point at that particular scene to say we got to get these boats moved. Yeah, yeah they, they had to make a point beforehand just to say we got to make sure we have workers today. And again, it was a heavy-handed way of saying this is why this guy might consider, even though the union didn't pick this dude, yes. and they're clearly not friendly with him, letting him come in because at this point they're getting behind and they're losing money by the mm-hmm. minute. Yeah, because nobody's working. And so no one will go in and they all stand there and watch as he stumbles toward and you see that guy, that one guy standing in the doorway and he the camera's literally like tipping to the sides yeah. and stuff. I know which, given hap- how big those cameras were back then, that's some good stuff. Something happens effects. with Johnny Friendly too. I mean, I can't remember is he arrested at that's the end? True. Or I mean, because no, essentially that's where he it ostracized. That's the yes. end. He's just no. yelling because no, no, no. no one's listening. Before the end. No the, one's listening yes, to him. Right. That's he it. just keeps yelling at him to go back to work yeah, and they're and just ignoring back And in. they won't go until yep. they're they're willing to go back to work. We'll do exactly what you want, John. They're not talking to him, they're ignoring him. Right. But they'll do exactly yep. what he wants, but only if Terry goes in first. Yep. Then Terry walks in and he walks credits. into the door. He kind of he kind of straightens and up a little movie. bit. He straightens up a little bit, looks at the guy, and the guy's like, "Well, let's get going." And then, yeah, the That's end. It. Yeah. So no <laughs> no real resolution other than you can you can make the assumption that everything's sunshine and rainbows. Well, no, no. I mean, it's why a, the hell would you do that? <laughs> no, he got a box telling you the whole him. time that's not the case. Doesn't it doesn't need to be wrapped up in a nice little bow? I mean, I don't know. I liked it. I liked the message. It was. I liked the fact that it was a small victory. 
It right. wasn't. It wasn't a yes, war. A it was giant, just right. a battle, right? With just one union. Because it would have been. It would have been town. typical 1950s to tie it up with a bow and go. And then they lost the court case, and everyone walked off into the sunset. <laughs> right. But in the 1950s, every moviegoer in America would have gone, bullshit, <laughs> because it wasn't the reality. So I think what they were trying to say is this person fought this battle. No, they they won this battle. They were scared to you say too much. You can fight battles too, and there's a lot of reason behind that because <laughs> they were the, scared too much to go too far. There's probably a little bit of that, and part of that goes into the history of how the play was put together. The guy who wrote it, well, I think Arthur Miller, famous playwright, wrote the first version of the script, but then the guy who came in to finish it off had been basically in the uh, the communist Hollywood. Communist blacklist McCarthy blacklist. crap. Yeah. And he'd, mm-hmm. he'd named people. And so people the were... The director of this movie, did The director, thank you. He named <laughs> people. So a lot of people in Hollywood, you're a dir- downright dirty bastard for going in and naming people. Even though I'm... Name is uh, Elia Kazan. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably not pronouncing that Far right. from the only one, but at the same time, there are a lot of people that just, you know, pled the fifth and stuff like that or whatever, or just wouldn't talk. And he named people. And so this movie was almost an anti-communism picture, but framing communism in the kind of lower grade communism of union workmanship, like lower grade socialism tiers, like union jobs are a version of a communist, not communist, like the political country, but a communism philosophy, low grade. And so it was it depicted the union in a bad light, which was not okay, but in a way it was coming from the whole, well, communism is bad right now. Quote, you know what I mean? It's real bad right now. So we can kind of do this in this microcosm, even though it was really dangerous. Well, and I think they made a couple, a couple points in the movie to state that, well, unions aren't bad normally, but it's really bad here because of, yeah, no, it, it's the corruption, man. I mean, it's not the union in and of itself. No, it of is, course, it is the corruption that was happening at that time. That's the take mm-hmm. is that any, you know, especially at that point, anything even resembling communism resulted in corruption. And I don't want to get into the larger, larger political philosophies, you know, debates about how true or true, not true or not. That may be on a wide scale. But back then, the fear was communism is a corruption in all forms. Socialism is a corruption. In all forms. That was McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. was that any form of that will result in corruption even at the smallest level so I, I, if you could bring Senator McCarthy back and sit him right here I think right now he'd tell you all unions are bad all blah 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 because that was his hot take McCarthyism was anything that smelled anything like that is bad the that's same, funny because that's corruption in itself exactly <laughs> it is mm-hmm. so you know I have been a union member I, shoot, I've worked for the union and not been a union member when I'm working directly for the union, you know, and uh, and I get why the existence. But I think at this point, you know, post industrial since the Industrial Revolution, there had been a lot of unchecked growth and you had a lot of corruption and that corruption persisted quite a bit and probably still does to this day, although it doesn't seem to be as ground shattering as it was up through like the early. Well, you you don't have the. Uh the people who are just they're not going to rat people out right well and and it can't go completely unchecked because everything's so easily exposed these days yeah but you know i mean shoot go watch hoffa you know (laughs) like there's there's crazy crazy stuff that was almost prevalent then 
probably it, I'm sure it persists to some degree now in pockets, mm-hmm. but it was prevalent in the most uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, lo- profitable areas. <laughs> bourgeoisie. But yeah, the bougie. We're talking about communists, right? The bougie blue collars. The bourgeois. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time I mean, proletariat not rise up, you know being an expert of the right politics of the 50s, I mean, I, I, to me, it just seemed like a, I mean, it's what what's the saying, uh, you know, power corrupts, abs- you know, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. I it, mean, this is just, this yeah. is just powerful men abusing their power. Yeah. And the film wasn't trying to depict everything I was just stating, but no. it was coming from, in theory, it was coming from a place of that. Mm-hmm. And what can we practically execute on film that would be acceptable to a widespread audience at the time? Be- and because you had two pockets, you had the people who thought communism was the devil. You know, the same people think that Bernie Sanders is literally going to come to your house and steal everything you have. Or not that I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. I'm, I'm just saying the people who are scared of him. Right. And and the people on the other side who are like, well, hey, you know, if we could be really, truly socialist and not be corrupt, then wouldn't that be great? Kumbaya, bro. I think yeah, both bro. sides I'll, and I'll go ahead and I'll plant my flag. Both sides retarded. One hundred percent, one hundred percent slow. Both, both extremes. But the fact of the matter is, what's the same as in the fifties? It was at a fever pitch. Yeah, it's the same as uh, you know. If you if you're all in, there's some corruption in your mind there, just like you're saying about what senator, what's his nuts. Yeah, yeah. The minute you pick a team, you're corrupt. The minute you're you've stopped accepting the different nuances you've corrupted yourself by committing to one side or the other. You know, you've always got to take new information in. that's getting crazy. And I've had enough drinking enough to drink that. Yeah, I probably go. I, I, I want to, I want to bring some, I want to start a new topic. Do it. Somehow he said, like, I'll agree with him. That last scene did not hit very hard with me. I also thought it was terrible. Really? But yeah, I mean, it was, I, I understood the sentiment. I, yeah, exactly. I, appreciated I understood what the they sentiment. were trying to do, and I think that was the problem. That it took me out of this. It took me way out of it, though. Yeah, man. But I, I maybe I maybe will depart from you as saying Marlon Brando is a bad actor. I don't, I know you didn't say that. No, I did right? not say that. <laughs> I'm but I'm gonna. I am that scene, that I'm gonna scene may have been acted you. badly. Wait, I need I need a straw man to beat here, Howie. So <laughs> I implied it, me. so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I I hadn't seen Marlon Brando. In anything except the first Godfather and Superman, so I had and uh, I guess Isle of Doctor. Honestly, Marie. I'm, yeah, I'm you with you on that. So, one. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, That's probably so. Where my uh, my exposure to Brando is well, the uh, score. I've seen the score. You know, up and down. I saw him in this movie. I thought he was amazing. I'm like, I don't. I never understood the Brando love, and I saw this. I'm like, wow, he's actually a really good actor. Yeah, you I'd like to see, to see some of his Brando, earlier work. You, you got to see why he got so crazy so fast. Yeah. Is that when you watch young Brando, you're like, oh, okay, for the time. And I will say, I'm perfectly fine saying that, Howie, we because can, yeah, we remember, can, we can keep justifying it. Remember, the, I can't sit the, like I with said, the wind. If we rewind this podcast, I said there were some scenes that I thought he did amazing in. <laughs> no, Howie, I'm going to I'm going to no, I'm going to say I'm going to prove you wrong about was... you saying that unilaterally he sucked. Okay. Yeah. Go, go, <laughs> say that, go make that point. <laughs> I I can't sit through Gone with the Wind because Vivian Lee is so terrible. 
I can't sit through that movie. She's awful. You're and going I can make to. the same case and say, okay, she's oh supposed God, to be terrible. Really? Yeah, it's like number Dang one, it. isn't it? <laughs> no, Citizen Kane. Uh, number, number two, number two. No, it's number, three. Uh, number six. Oh, so. dang it. It's still, you away. have to watch it, too. <laughs> I quit the podcast. <laughs> well, wait till number seven. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I can ride it out till then. Vivian Lee is so melodramatic and terrible. I hate it. And I can't even say, well, for the I've time, never seen one. she that was character good. That supposed to be melodramatic and terrible, though. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like is. someone saying, but you're supposed to hate him. I don't hate him because he's a villain. I hate him because he's a bad actor. Same thing with Vivian Lee. Yeah, Marlon Brando. Now, in the case of Marlon Brando, though, for some reason, I go to that for the time. I felt like he was a very it's new. Not a good a justification. Very, I know. I know. But I, I couldn't help but think that this is much more nuanced character than anyone else in the film. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like there's certain looks he would give that would betray a, a certain, I don't know, uh, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't say th- anything. It was just the way he looked, kind of put his head down and looked up with his eyes. Like Probably because it was getting child. close to four o'clock and he needed to go. <laughs> yeah, he <was> tired. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was getting a little sleepy. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, go like he, just his, his facial features, the way he moved his head and his, his, the, his eyes are like, wow. He, he like, I don't know if he's doing it intentionally, but that, really hitting the mark for some reason in 1954 when i see someone in a conversation in a film and someone says do you think blotty blotty blah and that person rather than just Im- immediately responding well i've always thought it's this you marlon brando goes eh, i mean you see it on his face he's thinking about mm-hmm. what was yeah. just asked of him and yeah. you're just, he's not a quick guy his character is not an immediate responder guy right and so mm-hmm. you see him going through the process of responding and that's not something almost anybody was doing at the time yeah it, like yeah i was taken aback and I, I actually went back and started watching some of his other stuff like street a streetcar named desire yeah. yep. which also has carl malden in it which is pretty funny also by the same director but stella yeah, he's good at, yeah stella hey stella but yeah that's a that's pretty good i mean he he's a good actor i did i never knew who knew did he you guys was, know I would say Marlon Brando don't. understood something that a lot of other people didn't, and that's why he had such wild success at the time. Vivian mm-hmm. Lee, I think, was just doing an exaggerated version of what everybody else was doing. Well, yeah, I mean, Brando is he's good, or at least in most things, at method acting. And then people are like, oh, well, we can do that. And then they're just like, no, you I, can't. I didn't really can't. think about or know that he was a method actor until you guys were just saying it. But to me, but he's crazy in real life. He this, crazy yeah, crazy. and I did <laughs> when I did. I didn't know about him being that crazy. Oh yeah, uh, he's so like the, he's like I, the crowning achievement. I'm of Hollywood just crazy saying guy. that <laughs> coming from a point where that was not even in my decision to be how I feel about Mar- Marlon Brando, and I'm kind of up and down. He had some good scenes and he had some bad scenes. And we know you hate him. You thought we you got it. Him. You hate rebels. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. I don't feel the way that you guys feel about him at, at all. I don't know how I feel about him well, overall. I don't feel the way that Garrick, you know, he obviously wants to suckle the have man, oh. man love. He's still he's Marlon dead, Brando. right? Damn it! Yeah, he's dead. You missed, you missed that. So very well. Opportunity. I, I will never intentionally seek out a Marlon Brando film. I also want to point out, by oh, the wow. way, okay. that the guy who played Johnny Friendly is also oh, oh no, my Mike, oh, is also not Vic Tabak from Alice. 
Because that's <laughs> no. the other person I thought he might have been. No, no. Not him. That's no, not, not him. him at all. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. He's got one PSA. of those faces. Do, 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 do. It was the big hook nose. That's what does it. You know, Brando, oh, for me, I, I I, mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of more in the Garrett camp. I mean, I... This film made me more interested in some of his earlier work, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some I want to watch Streetcar end-to-end rather than just a couple scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll probably, at some point, I'm not in a big hurry. I, he doesn't interest me enough to, like, jump on it, you know? You want to watch Raging Bull? Uh, I don't know. That doesn't have Brando. Yeah, that's no. not Brando. What that's... was the movie that had the boxing movie, the other boxing movie with Brando? Um, the Last on the Tango Waterfront. In Paris. That's the one. No, I'm not watching <laughs> Oh, no, sure I don't want to watch that. I don't Big either. Bug Man. That's the one. <laughs> I've seen enough of that. I will not watch The Last Tango in Paris. No, me either. The score. Free Money. The Brave. Free Money, that's it. Is it? Bird? The Brave. The Brave. That's got to be. We're just reading off IMDb lists at this point. That's <laughs> well, what we're yeah, that's where I'm trying to spark your... Uh... I probably completely whiffed on it. Forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. that's my Burn. that's my Brando uh that's my hot Brando take. All right, so how let's uh let's get to it, Garrett. Yeah, because we need right. to wrap this one yeah, up. Yeah, according yeah, to my clock, we are seven hours and twenty three minutes into this podcast. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't feel like it's been that long, but the the numbers oh, don't lie. I feel Time's like five it's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's take the uh pre the criteria that we mentioned at the top of the show. Let's run it through. And see if it is indeed better than. I don't Star think Wars. it met any other criteria. <laughs> oh, it did. Number one, <laughs> it was not shot length. in the U.S. It was De- feature length, yeah. definitely True. at least sixty Boom. minutes long. Oh, Take okay, it. You suck got, it, Howie. You got one. <laughs> <laughs> it came in at a whopping one hundred and eight minutes. Yeah, so just barely over there. Perfect. it by forty-eight. One hundred and eight minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, perfect length for a movie. Yeah, good. An hour forty eight. That's <laughs> almost two. two hours, Mike. I think we're skating toward your limit. American film, English language. Also hey, nailed it. You are getting it. demolished. Uh, was it was English-ish. it shot in the U.S.? Was it shot in the U.S.? Hoboken is technically on U.S. soil, oh, although <laughs> a lot of people would like to deny and, that. And Did it have gangs- all U.S. actors in it? Mm. <laughs> mm. Where anybody look up? Okay, Carl you got you got two. You got two. <laughs> well, I don't know about English language. I, that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Close. Whatever Gangster was happening, talk, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Guess it's a certain dialect of. Okay. Of Critical English. recognition. I suppose it probably did have that. Yeah, commendation in print. So, who do you think? Uh, who do you think got the most critical recognition? Star Wars. Or on the waterfront. I think Star Wars probably got more, but on the waterfront probably got mm-hmm. the more important ones. I think it got more as the time it came out. Than and but Star Wars is like, you know. There's a website called starwars.com. And as far as I know, there's no on the waterfront.com. Uh, go check. What right does that have to do with awards and critical accolades? <laughs> yeah. no, no, that's recognition. No. Oh, recognition in print. I'm considering internet print because, you know, this was written a long time ago. Sure. Right. I thought that was like longevity. That's what it sounds like you're talking now, about. That, that's uh, coming up. That's number There was five. no starwars.com oh. the year after Star Wars came out. <laughs> you don't it know. It was in my head. Yeah, but they ago. could make it on the waterfront.com now with stopping them. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Brando's Marlon Brando is. died. Mar- Marlon Brando zombie. Yeah. Okay. Major award winners. Number Corey's four. buying the domain right now. This uh, recognition from competitive events, including awards and organization in the film community. It's on sale for uh, $2,899 US dollars on the waterfront.com. So. <laughs> 
So we're buying it? Corey is. Nice. To prove a point. And just put all like he's Brando. He's going to get his Bitcoin. No shirt Dude, that's, that's all my Bitcoin plus some. <laughs> so judging by Academy Awards, uh, on the waterfront, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Academy Awards. That's but a lot. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm gonna uh, call shenanigans on two of these because what best art direction and best cinematography were split into black and white and color at the time. It still mm. is, I guess. Mm. So I don't. I don't know if I want is to it those. still. Yeah, because I uh, did not know that. So if they recently, had a black and the, white Star Wars, then it would have swept the black and white awards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it would have killed black and white. Because uh, the most recent award for that was for Mank, which was a black and white movie on True. Netflix. True. And it won Best Art Direction. <laughs> they were the only one in the category. <laughs> yeah. uh, what? How many did Star Wars have? How many Academy Awards? It won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One so less. One, one less no. Academy Award. I thought you said you okay. called shenanigans on two of them. Yeah. Well, but he called shenanigans. shenanigans on the basis of something that he was implying didn't exist when Star Wars <laughs> came out, and then corrected himself. Yeah, because it, it still did. Yeah, but, but no. On the waterfront run, it's the, the same bigger, award. I guess the most important. There was unquote, a awards. different award for black and white and a different award for color. I'm not dumb. I understand. <laughs> no, Howie, Howie, Marlon Brando. I know you hate him throughout the entire film. I get it. Black and white just means there's black and white. Howie, color means there's colors. And in seventy, why didn't we watch the color version? Oh, I don't know. They're, that I probably exists on a VHS ca- cassette tape in the 1990s. <laughs> it Obviously, it or. was worse. Is what we're Colorized saying. Colorized on AMC or something. It's all pastels. But uh, <laughs> I think On the Waterfront won the big one, like Best Picture, Best yeah. Director, Best yeah. Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Screenplay. So On, on the, the Waterfront is edging out this category. Just barely. Just, <laughs> just barely on our standards. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, popularity over time. So that includes box office adjustment for inflation, television broadcast and syndication, and home video sales and rentals. You know, this is such mm. a hard one to gauge. Who because, won that one? No, no, no. This is a hard one to gauge because if you look at the time difference between... Doesn't, like, doesn't matter. No, I know. Because, I know, but oh, because for the time, that was great acting. God, if you didn't hate Marlon Brando so much, I could get <laughs> Why through. Why do you, you hate say, Brando? <laughs> if, you, if you didn't say for the time, that was great acting, then I might be on your side. At, like, from 1954 to... Okay, wait. Star Wars was what? 77, right? 77, what? Yes. 77 to now is, we're looking at how many years? I'm so lost right now. 40 some years. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do math right now. Um, So on the waterfront, that'll put you mid 90s or mid late 90s. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the late 90s. Right around Tiny Toons time. (laughs) Just saying. Steven Spielberg presents. Um, Mm -hmm. In the mid 90s. Like, the thing is, for the first 30 years of On the Waterfront's existence, like, video and DVD and stuff wasn't really, well, DVD definitely wasn't a thing, but even video wasn't really popular in the first 30 years. It became popular right after that, right? So you have 30 years removal where the only time you would have seen this film in a revival cinema or it just happened to be on network television. So it's one of those, it's hard to gauge because certain things could fade to time just based on how the industry and media was at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Am I now, trying to make a, a case for a movie. point that I'm going to make in a few minutes? Nope. <laughs> I'm totally not. But I just in the interest of fairness and how much alcohol I've had, that comes that springs to mind. There, there's there's a period of degradation that would happen, or I'm sorry, deterioration that would happen in those 30 years that would not have happened in the 30 years after 77. It would only be like, you know, eight years mm-hmm. after 77. So So if like uh Star Wars was made in the in the fifties. We probably wouldn't be seeing it today. If Star Wars made in the 50s, it would have been what Star Wars was it an homage was, to. It would have been like all of the... Buck Rogers. <laughs> yeah, which... Or not abs- Buck Rogers. Uh, oh, shit. Flash Gordon. Yeah, it would have been... Which absolutely did deteriorate before that time. That's mm-hmm. that's the point I'm making. Well, it, 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 I'm just saying it's that's, hard. That's to. A, there's a lot of nuance to that. There absolutely is a ton <laughs> of nuance to that, but that mires the comparison. I, it's easier to make when there's a film from like the late '60s, early '70s. When you get back as early as '54, that was a whole different yeah. cinematic well, world. What would go for a good movie back then, or, or what would go for a good movie now? would not necessarily go for a good movie back right. then. Oh, the word classic is that alone is easily debatable. You know, yeah. what makes an actual classic? I, I think if you're going to consider that logic, then you got to consider it's a wonderful life. Right. I think that's pretty cool. That was made. When was that made? 46. 30, was it 46? And, yeah. And that's, yeah, I'm looking at the list 46. So, uh, what does it guy say? Oh yeah. That has probably more, syndication than star wars does because it's on every year oh it used to be especially before back back when it was still uh when it was public domain i mean yeah people own it i'm sure on on a video (laughs) oh man that was like the first video i ever saw for like six dollars at a grocery store like six six eighty eight two fifty at at like a jewel osco back when videotape still cost twenty six we're not talking about that movie no we're not Mm -hmm. but it's it's an illustration of the point at how weird it is to try to compare that 20 well, yes, some year span because because some of them will hit that hard and this movie i think didn't hit yeah. that hard i mean to, garrick's like more like counterpointing me and i and i, no, I no, agree no, no. that's a that's that's a valid argument mm-hmm. it probably if uh, if on the waterfront had fallen into public domain who knows <laughs> uh, there, but the thing that's is uh, it's a christmas movie versus just a classic that's movie also yeah, to my true. point thank you howie <laughs> So many good points. <laughs> There's a lot of nuance. That's yes, the truth. Right. I think if you if you if we throw out that part, the box office figures alone, it's it's no contest. I mean, Star Wars is blows. But again, it's hard to compare box office figures. <laughs> well, they says adjusted for inflation. Well, it's not just adjusted for inflation though. You have to think about the number of available theaters in the different parts of company yeah. com- country. There was Post only like war, two movies yeah, out that whole year. How many year. people went to uh, on the waterfront multiple times? Obviously, there's probably a handful. I don't know, but, it, they, but didn't, that's the, they didn't do that back then. In the yeah, as much. there you go. It, I was gonna say in the fifties was that doing that even on people's radar or what? For all I know, it absolutely so was. So we go box spend the nickel over let's and over. Throw again. out the box office numbers now. It's hard. It's hard <laughs> it's to not compare hard. when it's really not that. Ah, your face. I don't. I don't like this. Uh, it's one this? category. It is one category. You're right. So far on the waterfront has been tipping every category in its favor. <laughs> no, because there's yeah. two that. You just you just have to meet. I don't, no I don't one like wins. All this postmodern thinking. Yeah. There's the third <laughs> one that it took. Nothing means anything anymore, guys. <laughs> so this is the fourth one that I would say Star Wars. What's my wins. truth? What's your truth? <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. All right, number six: historical significance. A film's mark on the history. This of the had a pretty. Image. 
I through think technical a- innovation, visionary narrative devices, and other groundbreaking achievements. I think this one, I mean, forget Star Wars for a second. This definitely checks all those I boxes. Can. If it's, if it's yes. just yes, no, absolutely every box yep. there is checked. In terms of comparing it to Star Wars, mm. that's difficult because like some other ones that have been on the list, it's so different. It's just such a different yeah. thing that it's tackling. I mean, Star Wars launched tons of special effects, you know, copycats. All that stuff. Well, and the, the innovation and technology the, is still happening. You think of about Star Wars. what it did to the toy industry. Sure. Mm-hmm. The thing I don't know is how much did a film like On the Waterfront begin to expose this type of subject matter to, enough to like actually impact American economics from an from a like an earning level. I have no idea. I and maybe I'm making a wild assumption to even say that it did, but I know that at the time this movie was eye opening. For a lot of people, it was it was almost like exposing something on the on the level that you can't even do today because people would immediately say fake news this way or, you know, that's a bunch of cuck lies the other way. Like people wouldn't accept something this much of an expose or a commentary on something that's real nowadays. If you do it in a narrative form like this, you'd almost have to do it in a documentary. And even then people would all disagree. So for something like this at that point, it's hard. I, I don't even have the I don't have the perspective to try to gauge what kind of impact it actually had. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the impact uh, on the director in the time of McCarthyism is he kind of got blackballed a little bit in Hollywood because he turned in a bunch of people. And I mean, and then came back out and gave of... everyone the double deuce from the podium. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so this this kind of, I guess, was. I don't know if it was the McCarthyism that was the Red Scare that was made this movie good, uh, popular, or the other way around. I yeah, don't know. It's hard to say. It, and that's interesting that it's hard to figure out <laughs> they're, they're what actually drove people to theaters on this. Yeah, it's all intertwined. But still, I think Star Wars probably edges them out. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're just going to go on raw impact, I'm. Yeah, that's not deniable. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, cultural impact. A film's mark on American society in matters of style and substance. This is where everyone loses to Star Wars. Even Schindler's <laughs> List lost to Star yeah. Wars on this category. Yeah, it's hard. to. It's hard. Yeah. Star Wars is in well, when there's the public six, zeitgeist. Or, I'm sorry. Will. When there's um, eight movies made after it. Yeah. That follow that line. Yeah. What other? What other movie? Nine uh, movies. What, what other no, movie? Those dicks never made a follow up for te- what happened to there's Terry. Like Twelve no, movies. I'm just saying. Whatever happened? Well, I'm just on the main Star Wars line. Oh. You know. Oh, you don't like how he hates Rogue One? Everybody, you heard it. Yep. <laughs> I'm saying just look at that part alone. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you think about all the movies and the all the other stuff that's made it after shows. it, which that's another thing that makes Star Wars hard to compare. Because it does. It yeah. was toys, intended to be serious. Yeah, you look at the toy industry. I, what happened yeah. there? Um, nope. I you, see Baby yeah. Yoda's on the shelf. I don't see any Terry Malloy's. You go talk to anybody. Like <laughs> you, you can go to anybody. <laughs> like a wrestling and you buddy, can make you just a hit it. Star Wars comment and gonna be a contender. Most people contender. are gonna be like, oh, it's Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, you go make that contender movie, that contender comment. They're like, "What's that from?" I know that, but I don't. Yeah, I've heard it, but I don't know what it's from. <laughs> Is yeah. that Raging that, Bull? No one comes. That's no me. one has come close to beating Star Wars in this in this yeah. category. Pure so, and simple. Yeah. So I think 
<clears throat> based on just the pure criteria, I think we think, or I think we're assuming uh, Star Wars is probably better based on the AFI criteria. I would say on based on the AFI criteria adjusted for weirdness, Star Wars <laughs> ekes it out. Yeah, at least by a head. Ekes it out. I would say. Oh, I would say that's more than say. a nose. More than a nose. I'd say by a head. I say, say slam dunks it. Yeah, yeah, that's my opinion too. <laughs> dunks it like LeBron. Sorry guys, LeBron dunks right. I'm an LeBron analyst dunks? for a living. No. I think shit through. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You just sorry. said you didn't at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast. I just popped in the movie and started watching. I didn't think about it at all. But then you uh, accuse me of being a shit thinker. <laughs> no, now, now let's give. No, a, no, a, that was Gary. Right, <laughs> I think we uh, all. Uh, I think the listeners probably all know where we stand on this, but personally. Now we're going to give our personal opinion. Yep. We think this was an actual better movie than Star Wars. Was this better than Star Wars? How about you, Mike? Better than Star Wars? Um, this is going to be an emphatic no. Um, nice. Emphatic. That said. Wow. I, I, that, no. I mean, to Just me, a new hope, Mike. Just a new hope. <laughs> not the yes, whole Yes, I, I understand. Okay. okay. No, not even close to a new hope. Um, <laughs> right, I, I just... Yeah, I mean, just... <clears throat> It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, it's sparking more interest in in um, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, and obviously, uh, um, you know, I, I I thought it was interesting for its time. I mean, that was an interesting time in filmmaking. I think things were starting to change. I think filmmakers were being a little more bold in their, um, you know, in their storylines and and uh, cinematography. You might and even say like Star Wars might not have ever happened if it hadn't been for On the Water. Yeah, no, not even, <laughs> even kind of, not even a little bit. Who knows? But, um, no, it was a good movie. I I enjoyed it, and it's one of those that I'm sure I'll revisit at some point. So, yep. but in terms of Star Wars head to head, no, Star Wars. All, all right. right, there you go, Star Wars for Mike. Okay, Howie, you hate Marlon Brando so much. So, so much. We're all interested in what you think. Was this better than Star Wars, Howie? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, in, what? In fact, um, <laughs> I think there are movies that are lower on the list above Star Wars that are better than this movie. Oh, I would agree with that, actually. Yeah, I, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I think it, I enjoyed the movie. I okay. I liked it. I don't think... Uh, uh, <laughs> I know you guys think I hate Marlon Brando. <laughs> You did. I mean, just, just the evidence. Said it like several times. Uh, but I, I do hate Marlon Brando. Except, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I thought actually, I thought he was really good in this. Except for there's a few spots. I'm like, oh, this really took me out of the movie. If you add for the time to the end of that, you'd have to say he's amaze balls. <laughs> you're always saying he's really good. I'm like, damn, for the time, he must be amazing. <laughs> no, All right. uh, that was, none of that is true. All of it. So that's a um, Star Wars from Howie. I'm taking. Oh well, yeah, that's a Star. Wars wins hands down Corey, better than star wars question mark i am continually disappointed that you guys are so poor at reading me hell yeah this is not anywhere near as good as star wars (laughs) hell yeah it's not but hell yeah no i i mean i feel like this movie had a more important story i I shouldn't say importance the bad word I don't, it's hard to explain. It explores very vastly different themes. This movie Mm -hmm. is important in the same vein that Schindler's List is important, but not as much, maybe, arguably. When when you're finished, I have a huge point to make. Right. 
And 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 so like this is a movie where I'm I after I watched it, I was like, hot damn, how did this movie even get made at the time? And then looking at like the the backstory on it, going, oh, this is very politically charged even after the fact, you know. And I'm I'm so impressed that in '54 they were able to do this. And sad to say, it's you know without McCarthyism, this movie might not have gotten made at all, you know. Uh, so I guess there's a silver lining <laughs> to that. But the fact of the matter is, I like Star Wars more than this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, yeah. I like. I thought this movie was pretty, pretty, pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Not great, but pretty surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. All right. How he had a point to make. I'm looking at top grossing movies of 1954. Yeah. Ooh. It comes in at number nine. There you go. Ooh, that's hurts. Damning. What, yeah. What's, what's number it? one? Nine. Nine point six million. I believe it was over the hedge two. Nine point six million, which is <laughs> uh, over okay. twenty one million tickets sold. Um, Yikes. What did you? What was the question I was asking? What was top, number two? What's top three? Yeah, what are some of the other ones above it? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's how I was going to go. Gone with the wind. Wow, that came out in the number what? six. Yeah, yeah it, it was like still 39. playing that much. Things were yeah. different wow. then. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Yeah, Gone with the Wind it was That's number six. Uh, Gone with the Wind wasn't 39, was it? That was uh, Wizard yeah. of Oz. 39. Yeah, release date was 39. 39. Wow, 39. And it still made more. Yeah. Then Wizard of Oz came out the same year, though. Yeah, you're right. Um, both by Victor Fleming. Was, was Wizard of Oz in this? I don't see it. No. Uh, the number one, White Christmas. Oh, 30 yeah. million. Oh, Must have swept the colorized over, over three times as much wow. uh, money. As well, like you said one. earlier, Christmas. Yep. Yeah, it gets Christmas. the Christmas bump. <laughs> 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was number two. Wow, really? I guess yep. people had high hopes <laughs> wow. for that. Demetrius How many and the people were disappointed after those tickets? Yeah, Demetrius Demet- and, Gladiators and the Gladiators number three. So, seri- action films. Rear uh, window well, is number four. Okay, yeah, oh, no, that now that I have that's a that. damn good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the Kane Mutiny number five. Never seen it. The Egyptians number seven. Mm-mm. Never seen oh, it. Oh, the Bengals. Right. Ha, the High and <laughs> the Mighty like was number eight. That's Cheech and Chong. Yep. <laughs> yeah, wow. I've heard of half those movies. Almost. 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 Yeah. So. All of them were made in 1954. Uh, the top 22 or the 22 except on this Gone list, with the wind. except Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it's a good thing that AFI doesn't use the same criteria as the Oscars, even though they include awards as one of the criteria, because mm-hmm. the Oscars typically go to movies that would be like 70th grossing movie of the year and 74th gross highest grossing movie of the year these days. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Yeah. But uh, uh yeah. yeah. I'll say I I'll agree with everybody. It Star Wars is by far better. I mean, it is a good movie. It's okay. I don't want to say by far. It's it's my bias that says it's Star Wars by For far. For me, my personal bias it is by far. This movie <laughs> yeah. was yeah. like the beginning was far. like with the the slang, you know, that's just personal preference. It, I got a little lost in the slang and the the music and the the sound effects are kind of tingy and yeah, it does a bit. Doesn't at this point it's Most not aging well. Things. Yeah, the visuals are super right. dark for the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah I couldn't were. see anything. Yeah, I mean Brando, obviously, like I said before, is really good. It's terrible, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So when so when they redid the list in 2007, they re-ranked this movie. And they re-ranked Star Wars up to 13. Mm -hmm. You guys, where would you think they put this movie? On the waterfront? On the rewind rank. And we're at 17. Oh, yeah, we're guessing a number? Sure. 22. All right. Um, I'm going to say it fell out of top 10 at least. Got to give a number. Give a number. Okay, 12. Oh, who's the closest to going over? It was Corey. It went down 11 spots to wow. number 19. Wow. Yeah. We did prices right. Really. And you win this you back. That feels, oh, yeah. that, feels, that feels better to me. Cause I, I yeah. that's not a tie. I agree. I, nah. It was really, I mean, it's not, but at the same time, we're talking about a list that puts singing in the rain anywhere in the top <laughs> thousand movies ever made. Singing in the rain went agree. up to five. I know, right. It just to put that in it's context, awful. which is Yeah, crazy. that movie being in the top, like, it, I wouldn't it, rank it in the top <laughs> ten after we found straight that out, to video movies ever After released. we found that out, I was almost ready to be done with yeah, the Yeah, it's series. like, well, this list is completely <laughs> invalidated. I mean, that's kind of why we're doing it. We're, 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 we're holding well, that's a, what uh, kept me in a ruler to the AFI to see what, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're checking up on them. They yeah. need someone to check who, who watches the AFI, who Nobody. watches the it's AFI us. watchers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gotta so, be held to task or else they'll keep doing this. I want to know. I want to know like how much money is in the coffers of the big singing in the rain lobby that they're able to bribe the AFI to compete. To keep uh, yeah, not only just, in there, I but just don't higher. understand that. I think at the time we were like, I'm surprised it's like a top 50 or a top 100. I literally, when I say it shouldn't be top 1,000, I am not exaggerating. <laughs> I agree. That movie was not good. It was a bad movie. It was hands down a terrible movie with some good dance numbers, but yeah. a and terrible music movie. Was, music was good. I mean, the premise good. was good. The music was good. The dancing was good. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. Anyway. Badly constructed. Yeah. Very, very disjointed. Yeah. So there you go. There There's, it is. Uh, on the, you guys want to know what's next? You guys yes. interested? Yes. Well, we're dialing it back to, well, I guess up from this movie to 1967 Ooh. for one Dustin Hoffman vehicle. Can you guess? It's the, the graduate. graduate. Is it the graduate? The graduate. Wow. So yeah. Kukachu, Mrs. Mrs. Robinson, Robinson, heaven only holds a place for those who pray. Hey, 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 hey. What's that you say? I'm sure with the delay, that was perfect. It was it lined up so awesome. beautifully. I tried to go slow. <laughs> we'll see when I mix it if it'll be on point or not. Yeah. On fleek. On fleek. Make, that's make what sure the kids you, say. Make sure you auto-tune me a bit because that probably that sounded a little flat. Not me, though. Nailing it. No, <laughs> don't need to get, don't adjust Corey's perfect. <laughs> Pitch perfect every time, 10% of the time. I want to sound like T-Pain. Can you do that? Yeah, yes, dude. I T could. Team pain me? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Team pain Garrick up. Mm. Yep. The Graduate. Yep, that's what's next. I have seen The Graduate many times. I've seen it I've, none times. I have seen it one half times. There's there's a preview for Garrick's <laughs> take on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was young and inexperienced, and I thought there would be more boobies. Well, it sounded Aww. like the graduate. <laughs> Wait. So I turned it off. Yeah, didn't Garrick was mad there wasn't a hot, more hot Anne Bancroft body. Anyway, yeah, that's a preview for the next installment of 
Is it better than Star Wars? Thank you very much, listeners, for joining us today here on another episode of Fly Casual. We're always happy when you can join us on our exploits, our our adventures, our traipses through time. Uh, won't you please come again and go out wherever you get the podcast and give us a nice little review so we can reach more listeners just like you. But more importantly, join the discussion on our Discord channel by going to betterkind.com and clicking on the Discord link and you will hop straight into through the looking glass to the Fly Casual Discord, where anything and everything is up for grabs. We have different channels to talk about different things, merchandising, movies, TV, books, music, whatever is going on. We'd like to hear about it. And any questions you have about the show or things you might like us to cover, hey, hey, just bring it up, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. Did you, men- did you mention the dank memes? Oh, yes. Also, the 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 Galaxy of Dankness channel, yeah, which is where we share memes. Memes. Oh, the Tam. Give you a little hitch in your giddy up when the coffee ain't kicking in and you see a meme with like a little kid falling down or something and it's great. Yeah. This is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are dumb. Join us there. <laughs> in the meantime, we're going to tie this one off. Until next time, I'm Corey. Over there's Mike. 99. Over there's Howie. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Over there's Garrick. Mrs. Robinson. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah, you sure did, dude. That was, mm-hmm. that was beautiful. That was I'm like a bard from. Sage parsley. I don't know. A bard from Sage Parsley. Are you just Rosemary jumping? Time. You're jumping onto different Simon and Garfunkel properties. I, f- I forgot what they were the bard of, so I just started improving and it Witcher didn't work out well. Bards? Yeah. I would say you say bard, how he's only gonna go one place. Uh, well, D D and Witcher. Two places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost one place. <laughs> Polish D D. We are yeah, jelly. Pretty- well, you guys D D, right? Deaf and dumb. Dumb and Dumber? And or D. They said it in the movie on the waterfront. They did. A lot of times. You know what? Sing your oh, song D20. to Porkins, kid. You guys obviously don't know anything.